Mark Byrne, are you there? I'm here, yeah. Killian? Yes, I'm here. Nice. This is Mark from MK Ultrafilm. How's it going? This is Killian from MK Ultrafilm. And how's it going? It's going well, Killian. I'll let you uh I'll let you do the honors for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast before. Okay, welcome to any new listeners. This is MK Ultrafilm, a film review podcast where we uh send each other WhatsApp voice messages, me and Mark. Mark's in Berlin, I'm in Ireland. Uh, we send each other WhatsApp voice messages after we've watched a film and then we play them back on the show now and decide whether our opinions have changed on them. Uh, and we also forget the names of actors. We uh, forget the names of movies and just mm. generally make quite a lot of errors when we speak. So uh, that's that's the general gist of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. You did that remarkably well. <laughs> Thank you. You Thanks. just really went through it. Not a bother on you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any we're we're lucky i think we we got quite a few listeners last week but it seems like we didn't um we didn't have any corrections which is good yeah it's good when there's no corrections that could be because uh our listeners are also as ignorant as us or it could be mm. that we got everything right i'd say it's probably the latter to be honest maybe it's a mix of the both yeah the um what films did we sent what films did we do last week last week we did tenet and i think we went pretty hard uh, on tenet it it would be hard to, I guess, although I would have been intrigued to hear what anyone had to say about uh, what we got wrong, but I guess you can't really get much wrong there because... You made a call right out, uh, last week on last week's show. I like that we always say last week when we do this once every two weeks, but we always say last week's mm. show. Uh, last time. You made a call out for someone who actually liked Tenet to message us. Mm. Yeah, and judging by... Uh, Judging by the responses we got, no one liked it. So by our own metrics, um, zero people like Tenet. There you go. Mm-hmm. Not one person. The uh, I see you're having a can of Smithwicks. Yeah, Smithwicks. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Niels used to have this Hungarian friend uh, who loved Smithwicks, but for some reason he couldn't pronounce it. So he used to call it Switchcock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. There's a few kinds of switchcock. Close enough. <laughs> That's what the uh, the when we lived in France, Killian and I used to live in France together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whenever we went to that bar, the quiet man, the French people always used to say a smith weeks. A pint of a smith weeks. I thought that was quite nice. We also uh, that was where they did the three pour. Do you remember that? They did a three-pour mm. Guinness in that place. Which, and we mm. were always like, oh, those guys are such idiots for doing the three-pour. I later found out that... I'm making lots of noise on my computer at the moment. I later found mm. out that the three-pour is actually the way you're supposed to pour Guinness. Really? Yeah. That's how they do it in all the... the there's like these top bars in New York City, like Swift and all those. And they have someone from the Guinness company come along and show them how you're actually supposed to do the pouring. And uh, they do a three-pour. Do you do think the bars in New York? Do you think the bars in New York City have more authority over the bars in in Dublin City over the Guinness? Well, they had. I remember in Swift they have a sort of plaque in the bar. It's like a glass plaque that's inside the mm. bar, and it says this bar knows how to pour the perfect Guinness. So, mm. and they did the three pour there. Okay. Have you ever asked a barman to give you a one pour? No, I've heard you can do it. Like if you're just in a rush, you can just, it, it's, it's okay to request it. Yeah. I haven't done it. Have you? Tastes the exact same. Tastes the really? Exa- yeah. It's, it's all marketing. 
I actually only really recently found out a bar near here. Guinness is quite hard to find in Berlin, but there is a place kind of near our house that that uh, has a big Guinness sign in the window. And we went, and Jesus, it's a it's a dodgy pint. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like slightly warmer than room temperature, and it's got a nice like sudsy kind of bathtub style foam on the top. Ooh. Really, really good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's perfect. Bubble bath. Yeah. <laughs> How are you holding up? I believe the uh, the COVID has gone back in the opposite direction now. In Dublin, yeah, um, yeah, we're all locked down. We're locked down again. Mm. It's not nice. Well, in, is it? Is it the old two? I actually haven't a clue. Uh, what's happening? Is it's, it the, it's level three point five. Um, I don't know if you know what that means. <laughs> I don't. So, uh, but it's level three point five in Dublin, and then the rest of the country, I think, is at a level two. But it'll be okay. fast approaching a level three at some point, and then um, and then Dublin might be going to a level five. So, it, it's all so we're by, we're going to bypass four, are we? Four might just completely be bypassed. Um, mm. And they're saying that four is only ever there just as like a you know stopgap. It wasn't it not have, unlike not unlike fourth year in school. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's not actually. It's like, a, you can skip. It's it if a transition you want. year. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> skip it and just go straight on on to five. Is there a level six, the leave insert? That's they, when you well, really... Like, there's like the conspiracy theorists say that there is some sort of level six out there. That the gov- mm. They also say there's a minus one. But um, again, like this is all conspiracy so that would theories. So that would be sixth class of, of primary school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shall I press on? Shall we get into the reviews? Yeah, let's get into it. I'm ready. We have some good films lined up this week. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm uh, pretty excited to go through them. Yeah, the first one I'm doing is is if if you have Netflix, you've probably seen it on the homepage. Mm-hmm. It's um new is it Charlie Kaufman? Yeah, it's Charlie Kaufman. I'm thinking of ending things. Um is the name of it and here is what I thought of it. I uh I'm not sure if this is allowed. It's a first round kilter film. But um we just put on Emer and I just put on I'm thinking of ending things. And it was the first ever switch off. Um, we made it to, let me see, what, 54 minutes? And fucking hell, man, that film is a pretentious pile of shite. I've, it's, it made me feel absolutely nothing. Like there was scenes that I think were supposed to be awkward or, 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 make you feel kind of queasy or something, but because all the characters were so inconsistent and like stuff kept changing throughout it, like the cameras would change and people's ages would change. Like one point she's talking to, to the dad and he's like young and the next second he's like has a Zimmer frame and he's really old. I don't know if he actually has a Zimmer frame, but he's old. And like the mom changes in age and like all this shit happens and People's clothes change every scene. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck? It was so annoying. And so much of the dialogue was so pretentious. And we, the reason that I turned it off is because the, the opening scene is them driving in a car, having like an awkward chat. Um, so it's like a girl and a guy and they're in a couple and she's thinking about thinking about ending things. And uh, he seemingly isn't. And I guess it's supposed to be like them having an awkward drive to his parents' house, but the scene goes on for about, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes of them just driving, having a really boring conversation. And then, um, excuse me, and then uh, they go to the house and whatever, it all happens. And I was like, fuck, man, this is, 
It's just so like random and kooky and random, but like I suppose it's supposed to be artsy or whatever. Anyway, they go to the house and then you're like around there in the house. All this super fucking shit happens and you're like, oh, what the hell's going on here? And then um, it got to a scene of them in a car, like leaving the house. And I was like, delish, they're leaving the fucking house. Film's about to wrap up. I was like, it's probably been about two hours. And then uh, they were in the car, exact same as the opening scene, which is about 20 minutes long. But this time it was in the dark. And I was like, all right, let's have a little peek at uh, how long we've got through this. Less than halfway. Ain't going to happen. I'm thinking of ending things. I was thinking of ending things. And I fucking ended it. That film. Whoa, man. Whoa. Oh, sorry. Oh, my. sorry. Did you? Okay. First of all, (laughs) did you? Did you stop watching it just for that? I'm thinking of ending things pun at the end. It definitely, it definitely played a role in it. Um, <laughs> I, and, yeah, and I was consciously thinking like, Jesus, if I just turn it off now, I'll be able to make that joke. Oh um, my God. No, I, I'm sorry. Cause I feel like that would quite, I feel like you're a person who'd very much, you, you'd feel like you should finish. You should finish. Finish what you start, Mark. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess like, obviously as a, a human being, you don't owe any piece of art, anything. You can just... You can turn it off if you're not enjoying it. I think I really believe in that. Um, I don't believe in like putting yourself through. It's like you often get it with books. Like people just force themselves through these big fucking books that they hate. And it's like, Mm. fuck that. Like just turn it off, put down the book. But uh, if you're going to review it on a film podcast, I feel like you have some sort of... I, I was going to say that, like, you know, you should watch it. You know, it was imagine Mark Kermode did this. You know, oh, <laughs> man, it's Ger- just, it just wasn't. It got to, it got to halfway, and I was like, I nothing that's happened so far gives me any desire to mm. want to know what's going to happen for the rest of the film. And also, the way that people were behaving in the mm. first half of it was so, um, random, and so much random shit was happening that I was like it doesn't even matter because the rest of it's just going to be loads of random shit too. And it's just like, ugh. What was it's just like moment? so much. What was the moment that made you just go? The moment was honestly like, cause the first scene was so enduring of them in the car, just having like, there's a bit where like he makes her read a poem she's written and the poem's really long. And it's just like, ugh. And then like, they're just having really boring conversation. And I think it's supposed to be awkward, but I kind of hated both of the characters. So I was just like, Oh, this is, and they're just driving in the snow and all you can see is snow in the car. And it literally goes on for like 15 minutes. Oh Jesus. And then about halfway through, it's literally the same scene again, but it's dark. It's when they're returning from the house. Mm. And I was like, oh Jesus, they're back in this car. And I watched it for about five, I watched it for about five minutes and there was no sign of it ending. And I actually have since confirmed with a friend today Mm. that the second car scene is equally as long as the first car scene. So I think I actually made, I think I made the right choice. Was it a mood? You were watching it with Emer. Did she also want to turn it off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a mutual like, oh yeah, this is like we, when I, got the little time bar up on the bottom of the Netflix mm. screen. We both went, whoa, like that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just like, it was so... You, you know, in films are... I'm trying to think of like a film that's kind of kooky and weird and... and but like, uh, you know, they go into the house and... Like for okay, to give an example of just random stuff that happens, mm-hmm. they get out the car and his parents are waving at him from the door. Yeah, 
And then she goes to walk in. He's like, no, no, don't walk in. I don't want to go in yet. And she's like, why? And he's like, I want to stretch my legs. I want to walk around the house. And she's like, but your parents are waiting for us at the door. And he's like, no, I want to give you a tour of the house. And you're like, Ugh. okay, whatever. And then they go into the house and the parents, <laughs> they can't find the parents in the house. And they're like shouting for them going like, hello, hello. But they aren't, it's not like they're doing something and that's part of the story. They're just, they just can't find them for a while. And then eventually they just find them and they just, the parents just come downstairs and they're like, hi. It's Was like, it metaphorical about the distance between the characters or something like that? I don't know. And then when they first meet the dad, the dad is like really, really old and the camera goes away. And then when it goes back, he's like 30 years younger. And you're just like, Ugh. and then the whole, the whole age thing going back and forth just goes on. Like the dad is young Jesse or Buckley's old or very it, old. Fuck Jesse off. Buckley. It's crap. Jessie Buckley. She's Irish. And she's, I don't she's care. in one of the movies that I'm reviewing as well. I was like really excited when I saw that you were doing this movie because I was like, oh, Jesse Buckley's in it. Um, Jesse Buckley. She's great. No. I think she's really great. I, 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 she's not great she, I, Well, I think she's a great actress. And uh, and I was really excited. I was like, oh, it's Jesse Buckley week. Okay, we're doing a Jesse Buckley week. And now you're... you're t- it's Jesse Buckley week, but it's not it's a good not week. Good week. That's, it's not... <laughs> Jesse Buckley week doesn't mean it's good or fun or enjoyable. It just means it's Jesse Buckley okay. week. <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to be a fun week. Well, I, I really like her. I was hoping that it would be. Uh... Did you was her performance no. bad? No. I I really hated I really hated her. Okay, well maybe that's um, the character that she was playing. <laughs> she's just like she's just like oh yeah I'm so like uh, that's good yeah she's I'm doing depressed. that that's good acting I'm, she's a good actress. Oh, I'm depressed. Uh, I'm depressed. BAFTA I can't nominated stop. Jessie Buckley, Irish. I think she's from Kerry. So there you go. You can't really be saying too much, Mark. She might listen no. to this. Well, she might know, listen to this. You, I believe you. I believe you completely slated an Irish-made film only last week. <laughs> completely slated um, the Irish homegrown production. Well, okay, so 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 <laughs> you are given this like zero stars. You're saying this was just a totally I would say, not a good movie whatsoever. Mm. I would say it was it was it was an insufferable, pretentious pile of rubbish. Okay. I'm trying to think of the last film that I walked out of. I don't I don't actually I can't think of any except maybe I um I remember really, really, really wanting to walk out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but just knowing ah, okay, like it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's Quentin Tarantino, it's a big famous movie. I'll put myself through it. But I remember sitting in it about halfway through going, I I don't want to be here. I don't enjoy this movie. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying this. I just want to get out of here. And I kind of understand walking out. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Are we pro walkouts or are we against walkouts? What do you think? I think there's a definite... The only films I've ever walked out of are the remake of The Producers starring Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And there is a certain feeling of like and i well i guess i turned that one off i don't know if that's that's like a covid walkout yeah, it's I COVID guess. Walkout. um there is a kind of a uh, you you kind of feel a bit of a it's a bit of an adrenaline rush yeah. you know you 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 go and you're like yeah not only did i hate it i'm kind of like it's like your little protest <laughs> yeah, it's you know a protest I mean? yeah 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 no i'm pro walkout your own little protest i think like walkout yeah. you know what fuck it like it, it, it's a kind of cool thing to do um mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do, give do, this film a watch. Uh, I would like. I would very much like yeah. you to watch it because you. You sent me this voice review and you said this is controversial. Uh, a first time for the pod. It is a first time, but we don't want a reputation mm. for being walkouters. Okay. Like we no. usually stick it out, even if we hate movies. Um. 
but uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would say to be fair I, I read some stuff online about it afterwards just and then like people were saying some stuff and I was like uh, you know maybe in hindsight I should have stuck with it and seen what happened mm. but then I was also like nah fuck it fuck it you know did you like yeah. it like uh, any other of his movies eternal sunshine of the spotless not really uh, to Ars. be honest not really my kind of thing um if i'm honest mm. i i, I no. do find them a little bit long-winded and uh i i find myself not caring enough about the characters which uh it sounds like something yeah. similar to what happened with you like they're they're yeah. kind of it's just like i mean i guess there is an audience for it like this film hasn't been badly reviewed people seem to like it and uh and obviously mm. uh, eternal sunshine is is like a very popular film it's kind of a cult favorite mm. so i mean there is an audience for it there i'm not one of them and evidently you're not one mm. of them, but <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, I find yeah. it. I think I think for a scene to make you feel like I think there was a lot of like almost almost intended to be like the British office or something. I think there's a lot of scenes intended to be make you feel oh, awkward in that weird way. Funny. But I think that only works. I think that only works if you can relate or if you kind of like some of the yeah. characters where if all the characters are kind of you don't yeah, really care yeah. about them then it doesn't feel awkward you're just like oh why is everyone behaving in such an annoying yeah, way that's, i did the first thing for me in a movie is i need to care about the characters otherwise mm. it's all fucking pointless it's all pointless yeah you know i don't and the rest of it is just and, like needless and i don't give a shit you don't even have to like them necessarily no. like i think you can definitely watch stuff and not like the characters, but still be interested in what they're yeah, up to. Yeah, I'm in you know season I mean? six of Sopranos. I know it's a TV show, and I, I, I mean, I hate Tony Soprano's guts. I, th- I, I hate him. Mm. I really hate the guy. But like, he's, uh, you know, I keep watching him, <laughs> mm. and sometimes I'm yeah, like, he's... "Oh, Tony, you fucking show up. But uh, yeah. I mean, he's a, a heartless bastard. But I really love yeah. Tony. He's a bastard. I really do. I really hate him. Um, <laughs> how how far into season six are you? Uh, I'm I'm in. Uh, he's, he's oh I'm in episode five. I almost gave away some spoilers, but I mean, fuck it. If you haven't watched Sopranos by now, you know you deserve all the spoilers you get. Yeah, you deserve. But anyway, spoils. we shouldn't go on a Sopranos thing. Uh, we need to go from where was this film set? By the way, it was set in Glasgow. Okay, Scotland. moving from Glasgow over to Edinburgh for train spotting. Two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't actually set in Glasgow. <laughs> I think it was set in Maine, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good, good. Uh, it was, <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. So it's uh, this week I watched um, T2, Train Spotting 2, with my good friend Amadeus. Um, we were both big fans of Train Spotting. I'm not calling it Train Spotting 1, by the way. I'm just calling it Train Spotting because I don't, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a 1 2 film. They feel like two separate films that are attached. Uh, so. A big massive hey, fan I of just watched, um, and I decided to finally watch two. Trainspotting 2. Uh, um, a film I actually week. had on my um, watch list for quite a while, but I never I bothered getting around to watch it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, it's a sequel to uh, Trainspotting 1, or do we just call it Trainspotting? Uh, which is directed by Danny Boyle that came out in the 90s, has uh, Hugh McGregor and a load of other actors in it. And basically, it's 20 years on from um, the last Trainspotting after... Uh, after your man stole the money off his best friends and uh, left Edinburgh. Now he's come back to Edinburgh and he's, um, it's basically picking up right, right then. He like, uh, comes back to Edinburgh and, um, 
yeah, we see what happens. Uh, are they happy to see him after he stole all their money? And uh, I actually really, really liked it. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, you know, you're always apprehensive when watching a sequel, especially when it's a sequel to arguably one of the best British films ever made, uh, which is Trainspotting. Uh, Trainspotting. And um, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. It really picked up on sort of different elements um, of the first film, but the themes were the same sort of addiction, um, you know, uh, aging, uh, friendship, uh, all these different types of things. And like the characters are just so fun. Like we we love those guys. Uh, they're really well-written characters and you connect with them a lot. And it doesn't, I think Trainspotting is really good at uh, like uh, the, the ending is kind of, I don't know, like it's not a very simple Hollywood ending where you get everything or you get nothing, you know, usually like there's a happy ending or a sad ending. It's just kind of like a complex ending to the film. I don't think I'm giving anything away in that where, you know, it feels more like a real life way end to the story rather than some sort of film end to the story. And I just, I really, really liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought the action was good. I thought the, you know, the tension was good. Um, and then all these like funny, like Scottish characters that you meet along the way. Just thought it was great, and it tied off the um, the whole story really, really well. Mm. Yeah, very positive. Yeah, very positive. I um, I fucking loved it. Still, feel I love Train Spotting, and I I love that movie. I didn't know you. Lo- I actually, honestly, didn't know anyone loved Train Spotting that much. But I certainly didn't know you loved Train Spotting. Yeah, it's that much. fucking great, man. It's a great movie, and uh, I Is love. It? I I mean, I don't know what it is, but if, if, if films set in Scotland are just ten out of ten for me. 10 out of 10. Mm. I don't know what it is. Like, like uh, The Angel's Share by Ken Loach is one of my favorite films. And it's uh, it's set in Glasgow, but it's kind of a similar group of guys, kind of working class uh, uh, Scottish people who are who are just really funny. And they're real funny characters. Mm. And they're a little, they're probably on the wrong mm. side of the law. They're a little cheeky, but like, it's great. Uh, like, it's, it's just, I don't know. I just really like the characters you meet. I really like the way they speak. Uh, there's mm. just... There's just the, the the stories are really neat and they're really well tied together, um, and then mm. it leads really well into the whole like you know Irvin Welsh uh, is the writer of Trainspotting. They're like books he wrote and he like wrote himself yeah. into these stories. And Trainspotting Two spends a bit more time focusing on Irvin Welsh and the autobiographical elements of the of the Trainspotting okay. book. Um, Mm-hmm. So you sort of see his character come out and how he went from being sort of, uh, you know, a really bad uh, heroin uh, addict to being a writer and how the, how the fuck that happened, which is a really interesting story that someone went from being mm. in like the depths of, of, of like that to becoming, you know, a, a really successful writer. Uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I was really interested in the story. I think it's great. I like Scottish people. I love all the actors, you know, they're friends almost. And, uh, and yeah, I don't mm. know. I just thought it was really cool. And it's great. I mean, friends of Danny yours, Boyle, like, I think he's a great director. Um, and they're my mates, mm. you know, I know them all. No, <laughs> <laughs> been there. <laughs> the, uh, are they, are they, uh, to be honest, like I've seen train spotting. I know I have, but all I remember is just. They're they're taking heroin and mucking about. Baby with the syringe, and then uh, baby on the roof, and then he also when he um, sinks into the goes carpet, in the toilet, and then he goes into the dirtiest uh, dirtiest toilet in Scotland. Yeah, that's that's strange mm. spotting, and it's got really cool. Like Danny Boyle does such cool editing 
Uh, and there's also mm. cool social media stuff in it as well. Like they do the social media because I mean, more and more now we're seeing films have like social media and phones in the films, and it's a really hard mm-hmm. thing to do well. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've we've talked about films on the podcast before, like the one you did last week. Um, what was it? the mm, spree, spree was yeah. with it? We also talked about eighth grade, uh, and and mm-hmm. also we were talking about um, Booksmart. This film had social media in it as well, and it was just really cool because they're doing like obviously criminal things but they're just like putting it on their twitter and on their instagram and their stories and you just get little glimpses of it and it just i feel like if a film doesn't have that nowadays it is essentially lying you know the film is not yeah yeah it's completely loses all authenticity if no one in the film is on their phone uh because that's what the way that's what the world is now so it's it's good to see that um so Mm -hmm. I, i did like that element of it too and is this one equally like obviously they're a good bit older and are they still kind of is it still quite drug centric yeah yeah, or yeah. Is this... so it's, it's all about drugs really i mean like it's 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 mm. like they they might they're not doing as many drugs in this one but like it's more about getting over the addiction of drugs like that's the central thing like they're trying to get off them or but like drugs are still mm. like sort of the central part of it and like Mm-hmm. And like getting past what does life after an addict look like? And how do you kind of carve out some sort yeah. of, you know, existence uh, post addiction? And was, was, is Trainspotting 2 a book as well? No, no. Or- I think, it, I think it's uh, Trainspotting, I think is a, a, a group of short stories or kind of some nonlinear ah. um, uh, book that Irvin Welsh wrote and they, they kind of built train spotting out of it they wrote a script out of it and i think like train spotting 2 is is similarly just like plucking some sort of elements out of the out of the same book okay okay cool and what else you said danny boyle mm-hmm. what else would he have directed because i can't think oh, of anything he's big danny boyle's big time he's big time 127 mm. hours uh slumdog millionaire um ah. uh, millions uh danny boyle danny boyle uh, shallow grave he did um uh hmm. what was the he he directed the 2000 and what was it 2010 london olympics i don't know when the olympics were 2012 oh, yeah. olympics, the opening yeah, ceremony yeah. he did that uh he's done so much he's, right. he's a huge sort of british director i really like him lots of lots of british things that i do not yeah. watch <laughs> sounds like <laughs> lots of films that i see the poster for and go like oh whatever have you ever watched some dog millionaire I'll no. watch that, man. That's a great movie. Slumdog Millionaire is the type of film I'd watch if I was on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, that's flying yeah, yeah, across yeah. the continent. You'd love, it. You'd love it. It's just a nice film. I, if it's, I promise you, if I'm ever on a plane again, if they ever do transcontinental flights again, <laughs> I'll watch Slumdog Millionaire on it's the plane. Definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a staple on all transatlantic flights. Uh, so, <laughs> oh yeah, you bet. The um, that's uh that's yeah there you that's, go that's yeah as we always say <laughs> you spoke about um you spoke about <laughs> you spoke about social media there a mm-hmm. bit perhaps a bit heavy-handed but let's just pretend that you continue to talk about that and seamlessly transition into the next film which is the social okay. dilemma <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah social dilemma again it's kind of a netflix special for me this yeah week. it is both films are the, netflix um, ones right hot hot property on netflix yeah the uh this one is a new documentary of a similar style i guess or or 
topic to that one, the great hack. Did we? Did we? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. We review we that one. The great hack. Um, and mm. not favorably, not favorably. And I have a feeling the great oh, hack yeah. will be something similar to this. I'm not even going to bother watching it. But uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know why I watched it because I was like, oh, this looks like it probably sucks. But uh, I did watch it, and here is what I thought of it. Okay. So I just watched the social dilemma a new hot new documentary on netflix about social media and it's and it's um potential harms to society um and i thought it was going to be shite i just watched it because i don't know i think we spoke previously about how netflix just make these kind of poppy um documentaries and the one they did before i can't remember what it was called but it's about something similar it's about cambridge analytica and I watched it and I just thought it was crap. It was just like, didn't tell me anything new whatsoever. But this one was actually pretty good. They had a lot of like tech CEOs on it talking about just like the how all those um, social media platforms work. Maybe you shouldn't watch it given your new um, influencer kind of status on Instagram. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was it was good. It definitely had me at times going like, whoa, like definitely for like kids and stuff i was like whoa this stuff's probably not the best for kids and they did an interesting thing which i hadn't i don't think i've seen in a documentary before where they'd be they'd be discussing different topics but then at the same time they had actors kind of doing a story of this guy and he like uses social media a lot and then various things happen and he gets in a bet where he's not going to use his phone but then some kind of relationship related stuff happens to him and then he's like fuck i need to use my phone now and it's just kind of they have this little story that that goes along with it that's with actors that shows like not directly sticking to the narrative of what the documentary part is about but it's just kind of another thing that's ongoing which is a pretty cool kind of device in the documentary um and it was good it didn't end on like two despite being pretty like pretty heavy um it didn't it ended on like an optimistic note whereas sometimes these things can just end and you're like oh jesus i feel like when documentaries like that end on too hefty a note you're kind of like well fuck it you know it's all it's all wrecked anyway so i'll just leave it be and just continue as continue as is but this one i was like oh i might might try and you know cut down on the old phone but yeah it was good definitely uh definitely worth a watch great mm. yeah so I was thinking now, listen to that, uh, I watched that a while mm. ago, and I think one problem with it is a lot of us, they're going like, yeah, they, they're they planning all of this stuff, and they have all your data, and they, they have your data, mm. and they're using your data, and you should be so mm. afraid. And this will, uh, and if someone now is like, what exactly should you be worried about? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. And there's even a bit where they're like, what exactly they're they keep saying like the way these tech companies run there's a big yeah. problem and there's a scene where they say like what is the problem and then the guys all go like um it's kind of i don't really know <laughs> how to put it in words and i think i think in the film that was meant to be a kind of a thing to show the severity mm-hmm. of it and at the time you're like whoa it's such a yeah. big issue they can't even begin to explain the issue but then in hindsight i'm kind of like what what was the problem yeah yeah you know like like apart from the obvious stuff that we already yeah. knew they kind of make out as if beyond the election hacking and beyond the 
or not election yeah. hacking, but you know what I mean? The influencing of elections and beyond the kind of beauty standards mm. and all this stuff, there's an even more sinister mm. thing. And they kind of make out that it's all this one big, very sinister yeah. thing, even beyond what we can yeah. understand. And then I'm kind of like, oh, but I actually don't know what that if is. You, for part <laughs> I don't of me, know like, what. One of the things I kind of felt was weird about this was that it was made by Netflix, who like are in essence, like another type of social media who do probably do Completely. all of the things yeah, yeah. that are being criticized in it. Uh, so I was kind of like, mm. how hard are they actually going to go on it? Like, I'd say there's, there's like many limitations if your executive producers for the film are, in essence, guilty of mm. all of the things that, that are being discussed in the film. It'd be very kind of hard. I totally. also didn't want to watch it because, again, I, I feel like... Uh, and I have a clip I'm going to play now from from a sketch Sean Burke did uh, of like what I thought the film was going to be like. And I think you'll like it. This is exactly what I think when we, we when we talk about sort of like Netflix documentaries and they're just kind of like, mm. yeah, like that. This is exactly what it's like. OK, you listen. Did you know social media is actually bad for you? Did you know the tech companies are hoarding your data? Did you know you don't actually need a phone? Did you know you could just knock around to a friend's house for some real human connection? What's stopping you? An unprecedented global issue. Did you know you could just apply for those jobs in person? A CV can be printed on paper, and as you can see, trees are plentiful. Just show up to 200 offices. It'll show tenacity. Did you know the tech company's been hoarding your data since you were a teenager? Just build a fucking time machine, more you have that to update your people flashbox to old. Did you know you're actually new technology? I borrowed this camera from a friend. I've been living in the woods for six months. Did you know you could just fuck your phone down a well? Live in a cave? Hunt wild boar, reject society, live in a cave. It's the only way. Just live in a cave. Live in a fucking cave. It wasn't pretty similar to that. Who was that? <laughs> That's Sean Burke. He's a really, really funny sketch comedian uh, on on uh, Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. He's he's. Oh, he's on Twitter and yeah, Instagram. Yeah, is he's he great? Oh well, that's a coincidence, know, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well. <laughs> Here's you saying, oh, Netflix are making a film. Oh, and now, look at you now, getting out the, the Instagram oh, no, boys. He's a comedian, he's cool. To your defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Was it like that at all? Yeah. It was a bit. And like, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely, you know what, any of these things, there's always a bit of like, oh, you silly mm. people using your phones yeah, and yeah. stuff. And it's like, yeah. fuck off, you know, but... Uh, one thing that I thought was a bit more interesting about this one was um, pretty much everyone they interview is a former like um, um, C-level like or like executive level employee at Facebook, Twitter or Instagram mm-hmm. or Google. And like some of them, it has like their little stat sheet comes up and it says like res- work or like responsible for the infinite scroll feature or responsible for the like button and like it has them all and then it has them (laughs) saying like when we created this button it was intended for this use and Mm. blah blah blah. so it feels like it has a bit more Mm. validity to it but at the same time like i think there's also like lots of like talking about oh like teenagers using this it's bad teenagers shouldn't Mm. use it but like there's a it's fairly ingrained in in society yeah, now, yeah. you know what I mean? You can't just be like, like if you just told your kid not to use their phone anymore, they'd probably just have no mates. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is kind of like, uh, like that's, he's, he has a line of that sketch where he says like, you should just get a time machine and go back to your 12 year old Bebo, Bebo self and tell him not to post that thing. And it is kind of true. It's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I mean, I grew up with this shit, you know? I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we're both mm. probably like, we're about 
in our mid-teens when social media came in and probably like in, like around 18 when it really became an entrenched thing mm. that uh, you, you mainly exist on. So I do know a life before social mm. media and it was, you know, I mean, I was a child mm. and it was great. But like it, it is like it completely... Like it's 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 ridiculous to just say to everyone, like to say to a fucking teenager, like my brother is eighteen years old. Hey, don't use your phone. He's but like, what do you want me mm, to do? Mm. I mean, I grew up in this. Like, this is the world that was created mm. for me. I had no part in creating it. It was a world that was created for me. And then putting it on them to stop using these fucking things that we've made people addicted to. It's just like it's a big fucking ask. Um, to yeah. put it on the individual, I think, I also is, think- is, is a lot. I don't know if that's what they do in this movie, but... but. Like, yeah... No, it doesn't, actually, no. To be fair, I guess I kind of explained it as if it does. It's de- it's very much on the on okay. the company. I think they're very much saying, like, these companies need to... need to stop being such dirtbags yeah. about, about <laughs> everything. Um, just in how they target stuff and how they... I guess I guess, like, the problem is... What they make out is the problem is that they treat people and populations as if they're like programmable yeah. machines. Mm. But I'd say that's probably the case with any company that has like any company that has like a million mm. customers is probably going to speak about their customers in a similar yeah, yeah, fashion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just users. There's lots of stuff being like, oh, the only companies, <laughs> there's a line where they're like, the only companies that call their customers users are drugs and software (laughs) it's like yeah but that's like i don't know like i suppose you could say you're like a toyota user but it might it might sound weird like that's just a really like movie line i bet that's in the the trailer i'm like a yeah i'm a fucking cornflakes user like i don't know (laughs) big cornflakes user i'm meaning to talk to you about that mark it's just getting out of hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big, I bought myself a little box. I, I don't often do it, but I bought myself a little box of um, cinnamon grahams there the other day. Real you know, treat. I, Mark it. visited me once in New York. And uh, the first thing he did was to get those cinnamon grahams. And we had them the whole weekend. Mm. No, that was, it that was, was Captain, Captain Crunch, Crunch, man. Not Captain, Captain Crunch. Crunch. It's Captain, mm. Captain Crunch. Yeah, they got oh, yeah, rid Captain. of all the TAI. They just went Captain Crunch. Yeah, we ate Captain Crunch for Captain. the whole week. And you were just like, I was like, is this the only reason you came to visit me in New York? Just so you could have a highly mm. glucosed uh, <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Remember, I was like, I was like, do you think this is all right to eat because your roommates are asleep? And you're like, why? I was like, it's so crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so crunchy. You're like, yes, yeah, fine, 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 man. Just Either don't way. crunch too loud. It actually was pretty crunchy. It's hard like, not to, when you're eating it. It's real like it's so crunchy. I don't know how they've and it's mad. It's mad that something with such a crunch instantly just dissolves yeah, to sugar. Yeah, yeah. Like how do they make it so solid and then just completely Jesus, disappear? Who knows? I mean, God, serious molecular work there. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. So if you're not, you're not a big cereal man, are you not? I've. I mean, this is. I mean, I guess I'll tell you, but th- this is what I've gone back to eating. Uh, Ready Breck. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I saw a box the- of it in, in the supermarket <laughs> there. And I was like, I like porridge, but um, don't like chewing uh, so early in the morning. And I want all the stuff. <laughs> Ready Breck uh, is... I know it's baby food, but uh, but uh, I was just like... <laughs> it's uh, just for porridge. It's porridge yeah, for, yeah, for children. But I just was like, fuck it. I mean, 
um, I kind of want it. And I, I had it. And I tell you what, like nutritional levels are pretty good. And um, it's mm. really nice. It's like I just have oat milk. And it's really funny when you make oat milk porridge. It just feels like like a weird thing to do. You're making oats. Oh, and oats. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I have that. And I, I, it's very nice. It's very easy in the morning. It doesn't like I often find like when I eat porridge in the morning, fucking fucks my stomach up. Whereas this just like sits nice because mm. it's for babies. It's for babies. Well, if you're eating the ready break, have you been chewing the porridge? Because if you just swallow that, that's not going to be good for your stomach. It's not good for my stomach. You have to chew no, porridge. Yeah, I chew porridge, but I'm like, my jaw's <sighs> getting tired here and it's fucking, I get up early, like seven o'clock. I'm like chewing fucking, I don't know, it feels like, they feel like fucking sticks or something like in the morning. Yeah. There, you know, there's, you can eat other things. Like there's non-oat based breakfast yeah, I mean, I haven't ventured in that direction yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's breakfast, Mark and Kidney. Um, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. In summary, not a bad film. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next one. It's, it's over to you. Okay. Uh, this is a film that uh, we watched on my sister Carla, big friend of the show, her 30th birthday. And I don't think, uh, I don't ah. think she'll mind me telling everyone here that my sister is 30 years old. Uh, well, <laughs> no, actually, I don't think she will like that. But anyway, what's happy birthday? And you've lived there for two and a half years now. You probably know that, man. Yeah. And listen to the. Herzlichen Glückwunsch zum Happy birthday, Carla. Yeah, and uh, we watched this movie Beast, which uh, I think I'm going to, I've noticed that whenever we introduce our clips, we actually just repeat ourselves in the first five seconds of the voice clip. So I'm not going to say anything. Mm. This is the film and this is what I thought. Hey, just finished watching Beast, uh, 2017 film, um, which is set on one of those islands in between France and England. I think it's Jersey, one of those ones. And um, it's about, uh, yeah, obviously like a small island community. Everyone sort of knows everyone. And you have this uh, daughter who has a very controlling family. And uh, she she's kind of like a bit rebellious, but she has a uh, a very controlling mother. And then she meets this guy who, who saves her from um, kind of like a very forceful guy outside a nightclub. And he's a really mysterious guy. He's like covered in blood when she first meets him, but he's like been... Um, He's been uh, hunting rabbits. And then you hear that there's a murderer, uh, who, a serial killer on the island. And, uh, and then the whole film is sort of like this mysterious guy she's met. Is it him or is it not him? And that's sort of the plot. And, um, and it's got two great actors in it. It's got uh, uh, Jesse Buckley, Ireland's own Jesse Buckley, and uh, Johnny Flynn, um, who was in Emma, film we reviewed recently. Uh, so the two performances, the lead performances are really, really good. Um, so I really, I thought the acting in it was really good. Um, as a film, uh, I guess it was quite mysterious and creepy. And uh, I thought overall, like it did tie itself together, but it didn't really excite me that much. Um, I think you, you've seen a lot of films like this where you kind of have a character who you're doubting or you don't know whether or not they are... Uh, they are the person that they say they are and um they do that well where you're kind of oh is this is he the baddie is he the goodie is he the baddie is he the goodie but i feel like they kind of flipped it a few too many times you know the way in films they kind of flip things 
where where the perspective is flipped so you sort of think oh he's he's innocent and then they flip the perspective of the new piece of information you go oh wait he's a bastard um they kind of did too much of that flipping around so is that by the end of it you kind of stopped caring whether or not but i think it was really carried by um jesse buckley's performance who uh who i think it's just brilliant i can't wait to see her in more things and um and also your man johnny flynn who's apparently a musician um so i'm gonna check out some of his movies jesse buckley in another <laughs> stinker there i think <laughs> oh man jesse buckley week is no. not going to plan it's not going to plan no it's not it'll be the last uh yeah. let jesse buckley week. <laughs> i uh yeah i i mean even going further on it i probably didn't like this film as much as i sounded like i liked it there uh it just mm. It didn't have enough in it, I think. Uh, there, was, there was too much slow kind of um, mystery in it. I feel like when you have a, a mystery in a film, you kind of have to reveal the mystery maybe m- m- like halfway through or three quarters of the way through the film. You kind of have to pull the lid open a little bit and then and then see what happens yeah. when the mystery has been revealed. And with this one, it kind of, it kind mm. of just held on to the mystery throughout it. So is that... I mean, it did a really good job of setting the scene and everything, but then it just continued for too long at the same pace in the same kind of way. So mm. that it just felt like the, the scenes were just sort of replaying again and again. And you're just sort of like, okay, okay, but when are we going to get there? So, I mean, it, it wasn't terrible. Like the tone yeah. I thought was really good. The, the setting was good. It had this whole island feel. I love them. Films are kind of set on a a closed environment where you know it, I, I don't know something about islands is scary islands are just yeah. spooky places and uh no for sure yeah, no escape like no escape Aaron islands like there's no there's no police stations there's just pubs um so it's just like who can help you mm. you know what happens on island? it's kind of lawless country wild west so uh it kind of had that feel and it was good Mm-mm. but just overall it did get there for me and um and uh, even though obviously I, I mentioned how much I like Jesse Buckley and she couldn't do it she couldn't do it she couldn't pull this film together Mm. I think uh, yeah I, I know exactly what you mean when you say like with a mystery you do have to you have to hold on to it for long enough that it builds the intrigue but then if you hold on for it for too long yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like Ugh, <laughs> I don't care anymore you know I don't yeah, even yeah. I don't even want to know what you this is me. I'm done <laughs> fuck it and the, the flip-flopping back and forth is an interesting thing like I'm, I, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a familiar frustration I've had at movies. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any examples, but it nearly feels like, I guess it's kind of a thing sometimes in, in a, like yeah. whodunits or trashy movies where if it flips back and forth enough times, you realize that both outcomes are yeah. equally likely based on the evidence and mm. the actual yeah, situation yeah. doesn't really matter anymore because like yeah, they yeah, both yeah, are yeah. equally likely to happen in the story. There's no surprise at the end mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, it's actually this. You're like, I kind of yeah. had accepted both <laughs> outcomes already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that kind <laughs> I don't know, of thing. It was sort is... of like, um, I guess you kind of make your mind up about the character already, whether you like them or not. And then, you know, it didn't really give you new information. It just kind of gave you a different perspective. I don't know if that makes sense. Sorry. But it wouldn't like, I guess when, mm. you, when you have like a mystery or a whodunit, Excuse me, sorry. Um, or like a Poirot kind of thing, where where they they're 
going, oh, it might have been this person. But then you find a new piece of information and you go, okay, wait, that person is innocent. It might Mm. be this person. With this film, it wasn't like there was a new piece of information. Mm. It was just kind of like a a, a scene was shot in a certain way where you go, wait, they actually, they seem kind of innocent in this scene. And then in the next scene, they would act kind of guilty. Mm. So you'd be like, okay, wait, maybe they're... But it wasn't like there was a new piece of hard evidence that would prove them. So like when there's no kind of like narrative device making you think they're innocent or whatever it just kind of felt a bit blunt or something like that so overall like i, I yeah i i wasn't mm. a huge fan of the film but i what i mean yeah i did i i it was worth watching i do think it was worth watching okay um, who who directed it i i have no idea um uh daniel Villanueva, <laughs> maybe i kind of have a weird feeling it might have been him beast 2017 film directed by Let's hear it. No, it's a guy called Michael Pierce. Uh, and we could just edit out when I said Daniel Villanueva, mm. right? We'll get our editor on it. Hey, who's... Mm-hmm. All right, what, do we have like yep. a made-up editor? Billy, yeah. Um, hey, Billy, Billy, can you cut this out later on in the podcast? Thank you, Billy. Um, yeah. <laughs> just Thanks, edit Billy. it so, so that we both look really smart and don't forget anything. Thanks, Billy. Uh, so it's a directed mm. by a guy called Michael Pierce. I'm um, not reading from the Wikipedia here. And uh, it's written by Michael Pierce. And it's, um, yeah, and then Jesse Buckley, Johnny Flynn, and then Geraldine James. But uh, yeah, Johnny Flynn and Jesse Buckley were really good in it, I have to say. And I, 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 I did think it was good, strong performances mm. pulling what was overall a weak film. Do you know what? That, you reading off the Wikipedia there reminded me of something nice that happened. I might have said this on the podcast before, yeah. but it's a nice story, so I'll say it again. Um, I went to see some Robert Downey Jr. film, I can't remember, in a, a tiny cinema in Dingle yeah. when I was about 15. And the cinema was so small, you went in and um, they had a, uh, at the front, they had a kettle and like jugs of water and tea and biscuits. (laughs) And you could just make yourself a cup of tea in the cinema. And then instead of having trailers at the start, an old man just came out and read little flashcards of the upcoming films in the cinema and then read like the little blurb of what the film was about. <laughs> it's so nice. That is lovely. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, I, Yeah, it was really like, I remember at the time, like this was a good while. This was probably like 1962. Jesus, about 13 years ago or something. I remember the the... That there was an attached video shop that actually had VHSs and like PS1 games in it. And even at like, it was a long time ago, but even then I was like, oh my God, VHS, <laughs> this fucking time capsule world. But it was, it was very nice. Wow, that's lovely. Um, very, very nice. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, will we go? We, we have yeah, a, a we new have segment, new segment which is uh, the listeners recommend. And um, this week, our wonderful talented graphic creator cav who um who made the wonderful graphic that you if you're on your phone now you can just look at the mk ultra film graphic which is uh me and mark Mm -hmm. looking at our phones uh it was made by this brilliant artist cav you should check out on instagram he's got his own uh i think his name is johnny cigarette on instagram Mm -hmm. but he gave us this film recommendation um that's his name uh just this week My recommendation of the week is the film Space Dogs by 
two Russian directors, uh, Russian directing duo, uh, which basically tells the story of these Russian street dogs uh, based on the idea that they're inhabited by the ghost of Laika, the first dog uh, to ever visit space. Um, it's a really cool film in that it gives this perspective of dogs, like a pure dog's perspective, without like an accompaniment of kind of like human narration. So it's just kind of like a day-to-day dog life, but specifically there where they are. And there's some like rough stuff as well. No pun intended, but uh hope you boys enjoy. Peace. We just must have interrupted him there when he's watching some Kevin and Rebecca uh, blogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Interesting though, because the, uh, not to go too off track, mm. but that uh, I haven't heard the theme song in a while because all of their videos have been removed from uh, from YouTube. Oh, really? So I must I must get onto him. Maybe oh. he has some kind of hard drive or, some, <laughs> or something of the backlog. <laughs> the um, but yeah, I watched that film this morning, and it is indeed as as Cav said. It's about like uh, it really kind of crosses the line even more so than what I said about social dilemma between a documentary and. Um, I guess like an arty art house film. It it's quite similar to I don't know if you remember that film Los Reyes I reviewed about the dogs that live in the skate park. Mm-hmm. Um, in that it just films these street dogs going around. But while Los Reyes was quite happy and fun, this was not happy. Um, the street dogs are having very poor time on the streets, mm-hmm. and then it's cut in with a lot of footage from um, Laika. The kind of the canine space program, I guess. Okay, we'll call okay, it. okay. And it really, okay, I guess it kind of showed that I had fallen victim to some kind of Russian propaganda whereby I was like, haha, they sent like a dog to space. That's so funny. And I'd seen like <laughs> pictures of like the dog, like in a spaceship. And I was like, that's funny. But it's actually not funny. It's yeah. not nice at all. The dogs did not like getting sent in space. Yeah. They were very, very afraid. Um, the dogs had to go through various tests and training to get sent into space. And it was not nice. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, the whole film is quite grim to be honest. Yeah. Like there was just lots of like dogs undergoing surgery and Oh God. There's a bit where like a dog tears a cat to shreds on the street, Jesus. like a live cat. Yeah, it was uh, Cav man. <laughs> thanks. I thanks like for this the, one. Um, thanks for this one, Keith. I like the uh, the dog perspective. I mean, I think when you grow up watching kids' movies, a lot of kids' movies in the nineties were like these these films where the dog was dogs and cats were able to talk and stuff like that. And then I remember mm. we watched a film together, White God, uh, about the in Budapest. I think it's set in Budapest of the the dog, yep. and that that was brilliant, and that was entirely from the dog's perspective and it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, a, like a moving mouth or anything like that. The dogs don't speak at all. It was the first kind of film I've seen like that where it's just the dog kind of whining and it, it doesn't, you know, we often just personify dogs and we mm. anthropomorphize, what is that word? Anthropomorphize them. Uh, Anthrop- anthrop- yeah. Uh, and so make the, you know, put human elements onto them where there is no human elements. Uh, and this, this film mm. didn't do that. You know, it just kind of let the animals be animals in their own way yeah. and um and i really liked it white god so i mean uh, mm. thanks for your recommendation calf and i really recommend that you watch uh white god uh, i think it's a 2014 film uh yeah. a hungarian film but obviously it's mostly dogs so it doesn't really matter what language it is um 
But yeah, the, and thanks the, for the wreck. Yeah, it was good. I'd say... It, wait, yeah, it was good? I'd say... Like, I mean, it was... Ugh, I don't know. I definitely came away like I, I had... It, um, uh, it, was, it wasn't nice, you know what I mean? It yeah. was like... It definitely came away and I was like, fuck. Like, I, I actually said to Cav something and he was like, I think the takeaway message was, which I find kind of sad, he was like, uh, dog is a man's best friend, but man is not a dog's best friend. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's really so good. true. That's really good. Because whenever good. the dogs are like trotting about in the streets themselves, it's always fairly grand. They're apart from when they fucking yeah. kill a cat. But they're nice to each other mm. for the most part. And they're kind of just trotting about and it's fine. But it's only when they're fucking interacting with people that fucking crap stuff yeah, starts happening yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they also bring in like a, a chimp that was sent into space and then they kind of they do that in an interesting way where they could they kind of do side by sides of this chimp going through the space program and then this chimp that's kind of used as like a circus monkey for parties yeah. and they do this side by side thing with the two of those mm-hmm. it looks quite good but yeah i don't know cav as killian said i very very good recommendation i actually it's a film i never would have come across otherwise mm. and while overall i think the key takeaway was that it was very ni- not nice <laughs> and there was a lot of scenes in it that I didn't like. It was definitely very thought provoking and some scenes were very nicely shot and with some really nice music and stuff. So overall it was, it was, it was interesting and it's 90 minutes long. It's 90 minutes long. Boom. Shalakala. Uh, there you go. That's brilliant. I love a good 90 minutes long film. Um, mm. Also, a new segment that we're going to start is our 90 minutes long film segment that I just decided there we're going to start. I watched a film called Safety Not Guaranteed this week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's 84 minutes long. It's about uh, these journalists and, and to, a journalist and two interns who go and to follow up on this ad where a guy has said that he has a time machine and he's looking for a partner to travel back in time with them. It's a romantic mm. comedy um it's got some touching feeling moments um and it's got some really funny moments and i really recommend it 84 minutes safety not guaranteed that's your 90 minutes film sense it sounds right man yeah well it's 84 (laughs) minutes so it's like i mean you watch it you watch a shit film that's 84 minutes it's like if you were gonna walk out on this you'd only watch 40 minutes of it you know so actually do you know what if i was watching at the time i stopped watching thinking of ending things yeah if it had been 80 minutes long 84 minutes long i definitely would have sat through the yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 minutes so there you go so lesson that's a lesson for you charles kaufman what's his name charles kaufman charlie kaufman yeah the uh, <laughs> charles bronson the um <laughs> action bronson um anyway here man i i don't know if you can see but i have no t-shirt on yeah. and uh, my face is very very red and i'm really sweaty yeah I was because gonna, it's hot. I was wondering. I was <laughs> because gonna it's ask, hot. <laughs> uh, and see. I was, and maybe people could send this in. But um, there's a prize for the audience member who guesses what minute Mark took his top off at his top off at. Okay, so whoever guesses <laughs> what minute Mark took his top off at gets a Toblerone. Gets a Toblerone. If you're vegan, we'll find some sort of vegan Toblerone. Okay, so you get a Toblerone. We'll, we'll, uh, whatever size you want. Um, except not like mm-hmm. obviously a ridiculous size, like, but uh, you know, yeah, we're not talking like an airport one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anything you can buy in Tesco. Uh, uh, if you can guess what minute Mark took his top off at, okay. Also, if you want to send in any recommendations for films, uh, please send them to 
us. I'm not going to give my number out anymore on the podcast. Mm. Okay, but you can. That's fair. You can just go to last week's podcast if you want to find my number. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you do want to send any recommendations, I'd say the best way is at MK Ultrafilm on Instagram or MK Ultrafilm at gmail.com. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> And I don't know. That's I'm done. That's is you done. That's is Alice. Yeah, thank you very much. Danke schön. Danke schön und uh, slán walia. And yeah, um, lass mich mich kurz meine Gedanken sammeln. Bitte. <laughs> Tschüss.